Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blunts and Coffee. I'm your host, Patrick. Your boy, Will. Yo, good morning, good morning. It's Cam, it's Cam. And, man, we find ourselves in the basement once again for another Sunday morning podcast. We got our coffee, we got our blunts. Cam, let the people know what we're sipping on today. Oh, man, you know, Trader Joe's has never let us down. We decided to mix it up a little bit. We went with the dark roast, strong but rich ground coffee. We're talking about this coffee so good, you don't even need to add nothing. Just put it in the pot and let it do the rest. You said it tastes so good, slap you slap your mama? No, nah, I don't slap you. So, <laughs> okay. Nah. Hey, you know what they say, the darker the berry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And man, you know, we got the blunts on deck, man. We smoking that gelato, a fan favorite. So man, we got everything we need today. But before we get to things, y'all, man, let me know how was y'all week, man. Let me know the recaps. Yeah, I think for me, for me, you know, it was just uh, taking a step back, especially as we're in this holiday season, um, and just reflecting on ways that you're giving. I know some... You know, sometimes we're we're diving into work so deeply. We like, ah, right, you know, I gotta do this. Uh, I gotta focus on me, hit the goal. You know, I wanted to do all this in twenty twenty, and me, me, me. But uh, sometimes it's great to. It's always it's great to take a step back and, and focus on how you're giving. Um, you know, not just with gifts for Christmas or whatever, but um, with small acts, a small appreciation of other people, your friends, your family. You know, giving them a recognition of of what they're doing, things like that. I got an email while I was in the middle of work. Uh, from an old co-worker basically saying like you know we miss you at this organization your culture your energy was straight a lot. you yeah. know what I mean and, that, and I had a great day that day you know yeah. what I'm saying and I you know want to focus on ways to like help other people have that feeling with small shit like hey man you grinding or keep it up or whatever supporting a uh, black business or, or helping yeah. somebody else out when you don't need to uh, like giving out a haircut you know for, for yeah. my guys or whatever yeah. but um, just focusing on helping other people man it goes a long way yeah man how about you, Cam? How was your week, man? My week was cool, man. My week was cool. I, I like Will's point about following up and following through, especially around the holiday times, making sure you're checking in with people that you care about, uh, making sure you're following through on your goals that you set and make, taking a look back at this whole year, given everything that happened and saying, what did I come into this year trying to accomplish? Did I accomplish it? Why did I or why did I not understand what happened and you know, look to set new goals moving forward? Uh, I say all that to say, though, is... Um, following through is big right not only with yourself but with other people and can the democrats follow through with ice cube can we get a follow-up can you get a phone call i mean that platinum plan had a lot of good things in it that i think should be brought to light and they you know dismissed them at first but they said once we win the election we'll call you it's been about a couple of weeks now we, we here now we're here now so can he get a call can i at least you know hear something make me feel like something's going on that's gonna help us because you know like biden said Black people had your back, nigga. You better have us. You better have us. <laughs> I, better see the, I better see the calendar inviting Outlook or something. Right. I'm saying. Just something. Something. Even yeah. if it's six months out, the invite yeah. better be there. Exactly. <laughs> we definitely got to talk to your boy Biden about that. But for me, man, this week, I think uh, something that came to me just the other day, man, I was sitting down. And I want to bring this up to y'all, man. Do y'all ever, like, you know, fantasize, you know, visualize yourself, you know, accomplishing, you know, your dreams or your goals? And if you think about it, you only visualize yourself in that moment. Or on on that stage, mm-hmm. in that big house, in that nice car. You know what I'm saying? And I was thinking, damn, I never really visualized myself getting, you know, going through the process to go yeah. get those things. That's true. And I feel like, you know, they talk about the process is more important than the product. Yeah. And it is because, you know, it shapes you into, you know, the, the person who you need to be in order to have those things, right? Mm-hmm. 
and I say sometimes, sometimes I know myself, I get so lost in visualizing myself being at the place where I want to be or being accomplishing things that you want to accomplish that you forget about the process entirely. Right. And it's just, just like, no, I want X, Y, Z. And I don't really give a fuck how I get there. I know I want to get there fast. Right. But at the end of the day, I just want these things. And so I had to tell myself, I say, you need to start taking more time and thinking about the process, visualizing the process, visualizing yeah. yourself doing the work. Nobody wants to, you know, visualize yourself, you know, doing work. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just, right. That's no fun, right? You want yeah. to have, you, you want to visualize yourself on a goddamn boat. But man, the process is so important to think about and to strategically sit down and like absorb that like so you know when these things start happening, these dominoes start you know falling down, you know exactly where you at, you know exactly what you're doing, you know exactly where you're going. Yeah. And so that was kind of my week's reflection, man. Yeah, bro, and it, it, and that's huge, bro, because to that point, I remember hearing a quote <clears throat> that I heard like a year ago or two years ago that that really opened my eyes. Yeah. It basically said success is not about what you obtain at the end of it, right? It's not about the jet, the plane, the promotion, the dollar sign. Success is about who you become by going through it, right? Really, what you're visualizing is being better and being more developed so that the results came in. But it was really who you were to obtain that yeah. throughout the process, right? Becoming the diamond when you first were cold. The yeah. process in between ain't about the results. It's about being sharp or being better, because the results just going to come because you was better. So it's really about, you know, who you are. It's a little bit about the results, though. <laughs> that shit going to come. Thought, you know what I'm saying? It, it takes the time to get the... But before we get to things... Yeah, man, we got some cold-ass fucking hoodies on, man. We got some oh, yeah, new you merch. Some gear, some gear, we got some, some new gear, merch, man. Yeah. Blessing Coffee merch, man. Hit us up on IG if you want, you know, your hoodies or your hats. We got that all for you, man. Make sure, you know, we, we looking good, man. We got some color-coordinated stuff. We got the hats. Yes, we got sir. socks coming too, so make sure we got socks for the winter time. I know a lot, a lot of y'all love them Christmas socks, so we got something coming for y'all. But like I said, before we get into things, man, we got a little history lesson that Cam's going to kick us off with. Cam, tell the people what we are uh, going to be uh, kind of digging into today. Feels good. I feel like Will always gets to do the history, so I feel like now okay. I to talk a little bit about I the wanna history. I want to be a historian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this uh, today we're going to talk about sports, and I just want to do a little background on what we know as sports today where it came from so sports as we know it uh started in the roman coliseums you know i don't know what year it was but way back when the, it was the year no, I'm <laughs> and uh really the thing that people don't realize is when sports was first created you gotta understand back then there wasn't much going on outside of you know just you know hanging with your family and the people that are in your community uh so oh, the me. powers that be wanted to create a an environment where people could come together you know, compete, you know, root, cheer, and have a sense of community. Right. That was one of the uh, biggest um, forms of forming the Coliseums and having those things. The other thing was to help the people who were performing those tasks and activities who were basically the best of the best at warfare, the best soldiers, the best right. uh, archers Warriors, and everything yeah. like that, help them become immortalized within the community themselves by being able to compete and perform at the highest level. And really the biggest thing that uh, they wanted to accomplish with this was providing a source of distraction and entertainment for people. Mm -hmm. uh, so that way you didn't feel like, you know, whatever was going on with you and your personal life back at that time, you felt like, hey, I can escape that, go to the Coliseum and watch these athletes perform these difficult tasks and uh, compete against each other at the highest level and kind of forget uh, what's going on, you know, within the world of politics or if there was a famine or, yeah, you know. Yeah, when mugs come up for a potato exactly. short and they harvest. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that, right? Uh, 
Uh, so that's kind of how I wanted to set it up because uh, we're mo moving into a great topic, talking about what sports has done for us this year, uh, moving into, you know, away from the pandemic and trying to you know, flip a new coin. Uh, so that's kind of just the history lesson around what sports really Yeah, meant. so let's, let's just let's take that back to, we'll take it to today. 2020, we sitting here in December, right? Sports has pretty much, I'm pretty sure sports saved some people's lives this year, man. Probably. But I'm talking about, you got to think, in March and, you know, April and May, the NBA gets canceled, the NCAA, um, you know, uh, tournaments canceled, baseball oh. gets pushed back, people are losing their jobs, people are losing their houses. It's a fucking pandemic. Niggas is dying. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck. And so we got to think about, you know, we bring sports back, you know, in the middle of the summer or the late summer, right, with, the, you know, MLB. And then um, I ain't going to mention NHL. We don't watch that shit. Uh, <laughs> they the matter NBA, too, Pat. They matter NHL too. NHL matters Then the too. NBA is coming back. And it's kind of like, it, it, it. sports is like, you know, it builds, you know, it brings camaraderie. You know, it yeah, brings right, people right. together, right, of all different faces, you know, religion, you know, and all that type of stuff. And I'm saying, so... And your sense, what you're talking about, this historic complex of, of sports, it being a distraction. Now let's talk about the pandemic, the social, the social issues that we was uh, going through this summer, and now you know having sports back. What does that entail, and what does that look like in a whole? Like, how do y'all feel like that's that that journey that we've pretty much been on this year has pretty much looked like? Mm. I, I at first when they were talking about bringing sports back, I was kind of on the fence with it. Cause I thought on one hand the whole reason why the Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matters movement happened was because we were all trapped in the house, finding ways to you know take our energy and do something. Yeah. With it, right. We had a lot of everybody in America had a lot of built up energy that was just finding ways to you know do right. something with it. Uh, and I thought that was good that these social just justice issues came to the forefront where people were actually took those words and uh, put it into action. And I think. When sports was originally announced to come back, it was like that thing where athletes are like, is this the right time, right? Is this going to be something that we need to focus on now? Or is this something that we need to, you know, put on the back burners and focus on these social justice issues? Because a lot of these athletes are from these communities that are highly affected by, you know, police brutality, redlining, stuff like that. So um, I thought the NBA did a really, really good job of how they brought the NBA bubble back. They had commercials uh, showing Black Lives Matter on the courts, courts, the, the you know warm ups, uh, the warm ups, like the back of the jerseys having different right. messaging that you want. And players to, also, you know, being very you know active yeah. on social media platforms, exactly, like that, and, and their opinions and stuff. And you know, I love sports, and and it was it was hard for that during that time just not being able to watch sports. I literally was watching ESPN for like those first two weeks. We when was watching reruns, and, and watch it was reruns. terrible. It was like the worst thing in the world, right? Um, thank God, like HBO Max and all these other streaming yeah. platforms came out. I don't know what I would have done, uh, but I thought they did a they executed it well. I think it still is kind of one of those things where did we bring it back too soon to where now these social justice issues will kind of be swept under the rug? Are we actually going to make actions and policies in place to make things change, or are we just going to you know wait it out and then in you know eight months, nine months it'll be Back to normal. Yeah, right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so that was my only concern initially going through it. And especially, I couldn't even imagine what it's like Shit. being an athlete, you know, at the highest level where all the all the cameras are on you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like NBA, you're in the playoffs. You got all these things going on and you got to focus on, you know, trying to play a game. In a goddamn bubble. That's some selfless right. shit. 
Right. And that was really selfless, you know, really selfless looking back on it, you know, staying away from your family for, you know, 60 to 80 days. It's that's a lot. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of pressure, especially with everything going on right now. And you have you have kids that you're trying to explain what's going on. Imagine being a kid growing up, your parent, your dad's gone. All this crazy stuff's going on. You're like, what what is what is happening right now? Um, So, you know, shouts out to all the athletes that, you know, not only in the NBA, but the MLS did a bubble. Uh, WNBA had a bubble. Mm-hmm. So all of those athletes that sacrificed, you know, their families, uh, time and everything else during this point in time, is it was big. It was big. Yeah, cause no cap, no cap. I mean, I'm big on on mental health and, and making sure that your your mind is clear, you spiritually spiritually are clear, things like that. And it ain't really being said, but we needed sports. Yeah. No cap, because when that shit happened, like I mean, we think about sports historically, but just in March, bro, like. Do y'all remember how how it felt when they were like, you can't go outside, you can't see your people? Like, at first, we like, we ain't going to work. Yeah. Like, you know, that shit was cool. But then after a while, you just in the corner, bro. You like, I haven't I haven't changed clothes in three days and shit like that, bro. <laughs> and and it started to, yeah, it start to weigh in on, on your on your mind. But yeah. then I remember, because everybody, I'm bro, oh my God, we was all everybody arguing in the house and shit. And then sports came back. And I remember the first night of the first couple of nights, we all be in the group chat like, oh, that nigga got dumped on, yeah. step back, you know what I'm saying? Boom, yeah. boom. Nah, bro, he ain't better than, you know, Dame or, or you got Luke. Bro, but just having that conversation yeah. it versus, took your mind off of you know what, what I mean? Really the, 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 I arguing over the dishes uh, yeah. uh, with your boss, like, why you keep emailing me? You know what I mean? All kind of, <laughs> you don't just be mad over nothing, bro. You breathing too hard. Yeah. You, know, you yeah. find whatever, bro. And we really needed that. And in addition to that, bro, um, how self- selfless these NBA and, and WNBA, MLS, all of these other sports players were to give us that distraction so we not thinking about that, bro. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of people who were going through, you know, as you just said, it was getting fired, couldn't pay rent, uh, people getting sick. I mean, we was at funerals over the summer. You know what I mean? That's real. But we thinking about LeBron. Right, that's huge for them to say. All right, look, man, I'm not gonna be around my family because millions of people need to have an escape so that they can go back to work and do what they need to do and be positive and have something to look forward to. Yeah, that's yeah. huge, bro. And, and just to double off that, man, because you know we're all former athletes, collegiate athletes in the room, man. You gotta think about the the re- relaxation, the time off, the time away that sports gave us when we was playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, yeah. you you feel the bio exam. Shit, at least I get to hit somebody today in practice. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You. you you get those hours that you get the it's like those two hours a day, you know, or three hours a night that you can literally sit back and just you know try to enjoy something other than all right. the stresses that are, you know, coming down on you, especially yeah. during the pandemic and stuff like that. And when people are losing their lives and people are losing loved ones, it's tough to just be with your thoughts all day, right? Yeah. And so what sports was able to do this year was really was really the you know, the the great thing about sports is the beauty about sports is it's it's just a relaxer, bro. You know what I'm saying? You get to enjoy something, whether it was ball, football, basketball, whatever sport that you you know enjoy watching. Cricket, maybe. cricket, whatever it may be. I you was able to anything. take your mind off whatever you was going through just for that moment of time. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. just you know focus on something else and enjoy something. <laughs> laugh, smile, oh, cheer. Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and man. that's what's so great about sports. And kind of like where we going, where we going to go, go for this conversation is that like we talked about the sacrifices that players make yeah. and especially during times of injustice right where we saw all you know black men getting done, gunned down in the street this summer the the protests of floyd and brianna taylor and stuff like that worldwide not yeah worldwide not just in the country you know we had other countries you know backing us too 
And so for those athletes like LeBron James, you know, the Chris Pauls, who are, you know, the uh, Donovan Mitchells, you know, Jalen... Um, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. These guys were very vocal on social media. And it seems like these black athletes... This, this, is, not, this is not new, though, right? Right, not. Nah, black not. athletes have always had to shoulder this social justice and also excelling in, you know, whatever uh, league or, you know, competition to play that they're in. Right. That tremendous amount of pressure, man, it's, it's, it's so unfair, right? It's so unfair that you have to be this this dominant Mongol on the court, but then also have to go talk from be the almost a voice for millions of people. You know what I'm saying? Who come up under come up under you? Let's talk about what that that what a, what a privilege it is to be in that <laughs> space, but also like it's like getting hired for a job that you didn't apply for. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's I think I'm, let's get into like the 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 athletes and what how why they have to show to such the being dominant and also if somebody dies in the street, all right, LeBron, what you going to say? So right. the real reason why that comes about is because most of these athletes come from places where your voice is never going to be heard, right? People don't want to know. Like, I hate to say boys in the hood, like people, I just keep at the Andes that they don't want to know, they don't want to show what really goes down in the hood. So when you get athletes that come up from these impoverished areas where people are dying and getting killed by the police, getting killed by each other, uh, you know, lack of education, you see this. Now you also see the flip side because now you're living in the nice uh, neighborhoods with kids that have the opportunities that kids growing up in your area never had. So now you're looking at both sides of the coin like, damn. Is it really that these kids are bad? No, it's just because of the environment that they grow up in, they weren't afforded the same opportunities. So now, no, if I'm, you know, because there's some athletes that could care less. Once yeah. they get up, they out. We'll right? talk about them. <laughs> uh, but there's other athletes that really see that and they, it resonates with them and they say, I can't just sit back and not talk about these things. And it's not that it's expected of you to do it. But I would just because you're black. I think it's just because you're human. I think he's expected. Does, you don't think that? I think it is, bro. I think when you sign, no, I'm saying sign. it's not expected because of you because you're black. It's expected from you because you're a human. Most people that don't. It's, it's expected because you make millions. That's why, no, bro. Because I don't. I don't expect. I don't expect if something were to happen, Drew Brees to be the first one to say something. Yes, well, but what Drew Brees didn't go what up, did we see with Drew Brees Because he fucked up first. It's the same. He said, I didn't get why y'all. He said, I didn't get why y'all capping. Yeah, then they was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But it was it was, it was was like Malcolm Jenkins first. Colin yeah. Kaepernick first. Yeah. Something happens, black man say something first. I don't expect Philip Rivers. When the last time you heard Philip Rivers say anything? <laughs> well, because you got to understand where they came from. They don't see the other side of the coin as much. Right, so it ain't, that's, so, it ain't about but, the responsibility because they're human. Because it's not everybody who has yeah. the responsibility like LeBron, for example, would. I'm not well. We shoulder more of the load because we're black, but that's just any that you that's just scalable, right? If you're a black person at a normal day to day job, you're gonna carry more load than a white person at your normal day to day job. That's just the burden of being black in America, yeah, right? Now you're just seeing at the highest level because they always have a camera pointed on them. But there's white people that grew up in impoverished, poor white places, and are athletes that talk about it, right? Like Joe Burrow, right? talks about you know motherfuckers you know being off opioids and meth and all that shit and he's working up he's one of the new ones i don't really see white athletes talking about i'm saying it's starting to get to that point where everybody's starting to see the problems and issues in america and they're beginning to talk about it because they came from those areas when you come from the area and you see the issues now you can and you have the resources and influence to make the difference now you will if you've never seen them you just don't think they exist 
Facts. And that's where it comes from. If you don't see the issues, because most humans, most people, if they see the issues, live in it. Yeah, that's true. They will now realize this is a problem. If you never see it, or if you never lived it, then you'll never know it's a problem. You'll just be like, oh, that's fake. Yeah, like how Ashton Kutcher ain't acting no more. I don't know why he's not. I thought he was just not acting because he couldn't get a job. Bro, he be advocating yeah. for... Um, Sex trafficking yeah, with young girls. Yeah, yeah. He's like, bro, be in court... Uh, advocating, like, oh, trying to take it down. Yeah, right, okay. for, for that's, against, that's a wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was you know what I'm saying? advocating for. I'm like, the topic <laughs> is sex trafficking, advocating yeah. for. Um, yeah, because all those know, rich motherfuckers be doing that shit. Exactly, and bro is like, I'm not acting no more. Bro spend yeah. like all his time, his money. Right, but that's even an issue that we probably don't see that he sees. Exactly, like, that's my point. Problem, right? Yeah, because something happened in his life. He yeah. like. Fuck no, nothing else. We want no act. He probably spent most of his life preparing to but, act, and he's like, fuck it. I would say the argument to this is that, like, if you were a successful white person, I feel like you are not, like, guilt tripped into helping people, even if you came from a middle class. You know what I'm saying? To helping it's people, it. like, yeah. like the, the pressure we put, it's like a nigga make it out the hood, the hood say, ah, right, you know what I'm saying? Help us too, you know what I'm saying? Throw some money back in the hood. Yeah. When somebody, athlete, you know what I'm saying, or something like something bad happens in the hood, something like that, the person who made it out is always, if you're a black black athlete, it's expected to be the problem solver, right? Pay for funerals, you know what I'm saying, give back to the school and yeah. stuff like that. So much responsibility is put onto you that a white, you know, professional person who's like at an elite level, professional level, wouldn't have those certain, you know, expectations from that community. Black communities expect athletes to do so much. We expect them to be civil rights leaders. Just like it's almost the same as we expect celebrities to be, you know, um, you know, activists as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes people just do what they do because they're really good at it. It's like Kevin Durant always talks about, or even Kyrie now, I just want to play basketball. Yeah. Even though Kyrie talks about, you know, you know, injustices and, you know, he helped, you know, the WNBA and stuff like that. He's definitely, you know, a woke brother. But there are certain athletes who say, I just want to ball. Like I understand, like I got out that, and I don't want to go back. And so anything that is like connected to that problem, I'm gonna shy away for it because I know how slimy and how dirty it can really get. And some people, honestly, man, black people get out, the, make it out the hood, and they just don't give a fuck no more. And that's the other side of it. But we expect them to give a fuck. That's the thing. Right. We expect them to care. We expect them to care a lot because they was in our shoes yeah. at one point, and now we just like, well, yeah, you just gonna leave us out here, and then if you don't. Give back to the hood, you get shunned. Yeah. You talk about all oh, that motherfucker, man. He ain't been back here since '95. You know what I'm saying? He he don't even get back to his little league football team he started. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or his uh, boys and girls group. He don't even donate no more. I think that comes down to, and I I don't know if we had this conversation on the podcast, but I know me and Will talk about it. Is the experience of that individual growing up in that environment? Because if that person was bullied and mocked and criticized for what they were doing and then they finally made it, especially like with rappers and artists, you know what I'm saying? If they were mocked for the way they dressed or how they talked and then they finally make it out the hood and they make it big and then all these same motherfuckers that was mocking you, calling you, saying you ain't shit, is now asking for handouts, you're going to feel a certain type of way about that too, right? So it's all circumstantial, right? Athletes is a little different because typically you are praised within your community mm-hmm. from the youngest of ages, yeah. right? Everybody, uh, athletes get a pass. It just don't matter. If you're an athlete and you raw, yeah. you got a pass, right? So for that standpoint, I think it just comes down to their individual experiences going up in that community. You don't know what, you know what they had to deal with going to school or whatever. If they were bullied constantly and all they wanted to do was focus on you know playing the piano or playing basketball or playing football and they constantly had pressure and you know, other influences that were negatively affecting them, you're going to look back at that experience a little different. Now, to 
every individual is going to hit you different. It's going to affect you different. Some people look at it like, man, fuck them. They didn't care about me. I'm moving on. Other people look at it like, hey, there's a, there's a bigger problem going on that I can help fix. Right. But but should we should we as I mean, I can see why athletes you that's, you know, both sides of it. But like, yeah. should we as viewers in the community expect people like a LeBron James to be the social activist and all of that stuff? Right. Because he does dribble a basketball. That's we don't expect that that's of a high paying doctor. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not expecting him to make, you know, hop on ESPN just because he's a high-paying doctor or lawyer or whatever it is. Well, lawyer maybe a little bit different because you're actively in. But, like, something completely separate and you to be, okay, I know something happened at 659, yeah. at 7.02, I'm the one, hey, that wasn't right on ESPN. But we expect that out of LeBron James because we do. I, I, is that right? I, I mean, no, it's not right, of course. I mean, the perfect world, you know, we're not in this current you know situation yeah but we don't live in a perfect world of course but i would say we i feel like unfortunately and like i said i didn't make the rules it's just the way it is right now y'all i feel like there is a certain level of responsibility that these athletes take when you make it about the hood i do it's like the thing is man and like i said you can say it's wrong you say it's right it's all about helping other people when it comes when it comes down to it right it's all about helping other people now, you can't save everybody. We know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there are a lot of people who want to be saved, who want to who get out their current situation, right? Yeah. And when they see somebody like them, you know what I'm saying, who looks like them, who who grew up on the same street, went to the same school as the person that they idolize. They, that's the thing. They idolize these athletes, right? These young kids, they idolize these athletes. And, and it, it, it just means so much when, like, athletes come back. I mean, y'all used to go to, you know, little yeah. camps and the athletes would come back and yeah. stuff like that. Yo, as a kid, that means so much to you because yeah. it gives you hope. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so, a sense of the impact that you can have on your, the amount of impact that you can have on your community, I think means more than you. It means more than anything. And it's all about the impact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Letting people, letting young black girls know and letting young black boys know they can do better. They there's more. You know, there's more than they can. You know that they see around their neighborhood. Yeah. But ultimately, man, it's all about hoping and dreaming when you were a kid. Right. Yeah. You need that inspiration from a black athlete, whether whether I'm um, from a black, a black athlete that's coming out your hood, and I feel like that's your responsibility to give them people some hope. God, yeah. God chose you for a reason, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the way I look at it. Yeah, and I think and I think that it go back to it go back to 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 Cam's point when we first kicked it off and talking about the reason why sports was around in the yeah. first place, right? You kind of when you say, "All right, look, I'm you know." I'm signing to the, you know, yeah. whatever, I, with the Pelicans or whatever, whatever team, right? You you just signed another contract with society, a social contract to say, look, like, there's a reason why I'm here, separate of ball, right? Because you're just talking about when they formed sports, it was supposed to be an escape for people to look on, forget about their problems, and see the best people, the yeah. icons mm-hmm. yeah. of some form of fashion, the ideal citizen. Like, look, yeah. if I had to dictate my life, I want to be like that person. Those people compete. So on the other side of that, they're also supposed to be the model people of society because that's why they're there, yeah. right? And so you sign in that social contract to say, look, I'm LeBron James or whatever, you know, After whatever, you that LeBron James in a sport, yeah. right? I got to be the one making that post at 702, three minutes after it, right? Which sucks. It's a lot of pressure. But at the same time, bro, uh, two years, 85 mil? With great power comes great responsibility. Shit, no, I mean, you signed a billion-dollar <laughs> uh, contract with Nike. I mean, so. 
And he just, but you talking about like a couple weeks ago, bro. Well, yeah. two years, another 85 mil. Yeah. Yeah. Separate of all of this shit that I got, yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, so it is an extreme. And just to like, just, just to like, just, let's move forward a little bit. Now we have like the whole, let's take, even take it down to up to, you know, the amateur level, right? High school to college. Yo, there's a lot of like, of course, you know, we have the powerhouses, let's say in basketball, you got Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, right? He's a story program, and if you go there, you're pretty much, if you're a five-star recruit, you're pretty much going to be in, in and out, right? Unless yeah. you blow it. Unless you blow it. But you're going to be in and out within a year or whatever. And then also for football, you have your powerhouse. You have your Alabama's, Ohio State's, you know, your Clemson's, right? And, all, and always the top player in the country is usually a black player, right? Coming out of high school, whether they're from Texas, Florida, California, wherever they may be, Wyoming, I don't care. Now we have these black athletes who are kind of advocating on social media saying, hey, what about these HBCUs? Right. What yeah. about the, you know, Howards, Hamptons, you know what I'm saying? Morehouses, these Spellmans. What if we took our talent stuff? You know what I'm saying? Not Spellman, you know, it's all girls school. But you get my point, right? What if we took our talent stuff? Too, I'm, say, I'm, yeah. talking about, oh, I'm talking about, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm, my apologies, whatever. <laughs> this guy. But canceled. What if, <laughs> <laughs> definitely canceled. <laughs> But I'm just saying, what if these athletes, man, what if these athletes, man, like the Mikey Williams, you say, man, maybe it's not, it may not be that bad to go to HBCU, or he said he will consider one. Yeah. What what, what does that look like? And would y'all be, because you know what I'm saying, Mikey, Mikey Williams, he's going to be, he's a five-star recruit. Yeah. He's going to have every offer that he wants. Yeah. He can go right. anywhere he wants, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What if he chose Howard? What if he chose a, a HBCU? What would that, what would that mean? What would that look like? No, and, I'm talking about number, I'm talking about number one player in the country. Yeah, yeah, and and this is it's a two, uh, part answer for me because I personally think football is different, so I'm gonna leave that one to the side. But for basketball, when you, when you're a top guy like that, I think you should just go get your bread and find you know go to a league that's gonna pay you contractually pay you to play basketball yeah. at the earliest time because. Mm-hmm. Going to college isn't a great experience. I'm not going to say that you know kids shouldn't look forward to going to college to play basketball, but when you have that uh, level of talent, every minute, every day counts. And if that day right. isn't spent where you're getting some type of monetary compensation back for all the work that you put in, you're really losing in the long run, right? That extra right. mil or maybe f- let's call five hundred thousand that you can get at eighteen versus waiting a year. Not getting that, right? Right. You can sign a one-year contract for the G League and make five hundred thousand, and then sign to the NBA and still make the millions. Right? Especially because when you talking about college, to add yeah. to your point real quick, is you you talking about a year? It's really a matter of months. Yeah, really a matter but, of months. But okay, but but actually, y'all thinking more like just going maybe straight to the G Leagues, considering that. But that's why I said it's a two-part answer are, right? for me. Okay. That's, that's that's my first part of the answer. Right. What's that the second one for? The second part is if you are going to go to college and you are a black athlete mm-hmm. and you say, hey, this is the route I want to go. I want to play at a university. I would implore them to go to a HBCU, especially for basketball. Because yeah. if you're a five-star level athlete, you can make the team better. You yeah. gonna make it's, it's just you can be that piece that puts uh, Howard in the Sweet Sixteen. That gives them can all you the fucking TV, imagine Howard all, in the Sweet Sixteen. You know what I'm saying? Giving them the TV revenue, getting uh, people like really uh, endorsements, uh, endorsements and, stuff like, and stuff like that. Uh, better facilities, uh, more just more traffic coming into the school. Maybe you get more black people to just come enroll in Howard, right? Versus going to a, a PWI, PWI, right? Um, so I think there is a lot of power behind five star, four star recruits going to HBCUs if you so choose. 
Uh, but I mean, the cities are great. I mean, they're on the East Coast typically, DC and shit like that. So it's not like it's in the middle of nowhere. You know, so you're gonna be around your people. You're gonna have the opportunity to play, you know, collegiate basketball for six months. It's typically like five, six months they're in school and then they're getting ready for the league anyway. So it's not like it's a big time frame. Uh, so if you're going to choose the college route, I would say, yeah, do that. Go to the HBCU because it's just going to elevate, right? It's just going to elevate the perception of HBCUs within the black community, which is big. Yeah. And then also outside of the black community. I don't know. What you think, Will? I think it's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I think, where do you begin? I mean, you just said something that really just put that shit into perspective, bro about the, the the culture, the community, what it means to go to a HBCU. Because at first, you think about going to a HBCU, I'm thinking about, okay, I'm going to get mine real quick, get out. Or yeah. I'm going to just play ball, me and my teammates. Like, I think about uh, Michigan, uh, the Fat Five. Yeah. yeah. How, what they did, you know, I mean, culture-wise, you're thinking with your guys who's ball players, we're going to change this shit. But think about just going to the Sweet 16 once for Howard. Like, what that did for Loyola, like their playoff runs, March Madness, Shit, Valpo, Valpo, University of Maryland, yeah. Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, who the, fuck, yeah. who the fuck knew that they're, yeah. I mean, I knew, but like, Coast. crazy, yeah. crazy. That type of level, but seeing Morehouse or NCAT, just, yeah. oh shit, they in the Sweet 16. You seen them three, four, five brothers and sisters that's balling? I'm like, bro. I'm trying to slide because yeah. if they, as an 18 or 17 year old or whatever, if I see them doing that and I see three, like four or five, five star ball players, I'm like, uh, if they're going to be back next year or I know another group of class is coming, I'm trying to go to them games. Yeah. They got cameras there. If I play a different sport, bro, the funding, like just what that does. Yeah. Just the one like sweet 16 run. That's, that's fucking crazy first and foremost. And just to hit on that point. I don't know if you guys know this. For every round that you make it in in the NCAA, you get a kickback. The school gets money yeah. back to them. So the farther you go in the tournament, the more money the NCAA is going to pay you for making it to those rounds. Bro, and that's and that's crazy. But I like I like thinking about it a little bit more in a football perspective. Just because you got to be, you got to play college football for a little bit longer, yeah, three years. so it's a little bit easier to understand. Because college basketball, you you do be in and out if you, yeah. if you the guy. But Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Or, or Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, they got to stay there for a little bit. You know what I mean? And so, like, I think for me personally, like, if an HBCU would have hit me up and gave me an opportunity to play ball and, and go to school somewhere, I definitely would have went, right? I definitely would have took on a little bit more student loans or student loans at all to go to an HBCU because it just means so much more. But for me, for football, I feel like it's harder for them in the short term because of the facilities like if you a kid and oh and you go to ohio state those facilities that you're going to be that you're going to have at your disposal uh, even a michigan or an alabama yeah. versus this those the like facilities you know, how makes howard you know facilities are like you know high school yeah, <laughs> so, yeah it's, it's kind it's not even scalable in the short term basketball is a little bit easier because you could have one guy go to that school and make the difference you can't take a Saquon and put him at a Howard and he he's not gonna make the difference. You know so you telling that me guy. so you telling me uh it's Jackson State, right? Where um Deion Sanders is coaching yeah. now. You telling me they're not finna get a flood of money? You telling they me could. in three years they're not gonna have new facilities? They could, but no, 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 no. In three years, Jackson State will have new and better facilities. They will, okay, they will. But are those facilities gonna be able to compete with the powerhouses in the SEC when it comes to recruiting? First of all, it's Jackson State. They're nowhere near 
that that bro we're not that that's like that's that's the, what i'm saying but you're trying to get the, the point. top recruits though the top recruits that could go to kansas that could go to unc that could go to duke are considering now going to an hbcu those right. same type of recruits for football aren't sitting there saying oh i can go to alabama or i can go to clemson i can go to ohio state but i'm gonna choose jackson state Right, but At least yeah, not yet. that that yeah. that consideration don't got nothing. To do. It's not really about oh, okay, am I going to the SEC so that I can play LSU? It's not about that, or or, or um, that level of competition that takes time. But in terms of facilities, what you'll have, will you get a shot to go to the league? Will it be competitive? Because it's mugs in the NFL that's from FCS D two D three, so it's going to be yeah. competitive, yeah. right? So fuck, like it's going to take time for it to be like LSU level of ball, even if it gets there, but. Bro, it's still worthwhile. You still gonna have a flood of bread. You still gonna do crazy shit for the community. Going to a playoff appearance, uh, a Sweet Sixteen run, like going to a HBCU, especially in football. That changes. Like, tell me, tell me, Coastal Carolina is not gonna have great facilities in two years. They already have great facilities, but yes, I know what you're saying. <laughs> they, what I'm saying is, basketball is here now. Football, it's gonna take some more time. Even That's better for point. us to have the conversation. That's yeah. more of a long-term perspective anyway. I, I, do I think Jackson State can get to the point where they're getting consistent, you know, maybe four or five-star recruits? Maybe. I don't I, I don't think, think so. so. Yeah, I don't think recruits. so, to be honest. I mean, after going to a school like Ohio State, not even going to see the football facilities, just seeing their normal student facilities are shitting on the football, <laughs> you know, like fucking football organizations at D1. So I couldn't imagine what their football facilities are looking like. Right. LSU's football. You saw LSU's locker room? Yeah, it's crazy. Come on, bro. Yeah. I mean, you're a fucking 17, 18-year-old kid. You go on a recruitment trip to and LSU see, and you see that shit. That's, that's what make it tough. That's why yeah. I got I to jump the fence and hop on the other side of the argument. Yo, these athletes, you know, these incredibly talented kids, man, and they've worked so much. And I remember when I was like 16, 17 years old, I didn't dream of playing in front of 5,000 people. I dreamed of playing in front of 40,000, 50,000. 105,000. 105,000 in, in the big house. Every Saturday. Yeah. And so if I'm an yeah. athlete, why are y'all asking me at 17 years old to make such a big sacrifice? That's that's the question. I, I want to play, you know, in Death Valley, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wanna, Both and, and I've worked hard enough to, to reach these, you know, these, you know, these goals yeah. And, yeah. and to achieve the success I have. Why does he blow? It's the sacrifice, man. Why are these black athletes have mm. always having to make these sacrifices? Because, man, honestly... If you playing in Duke and there's a North, if you playing in the Duke North Carolina game and the player, you know what I'm saying, he's that's he probably always dreamed of that day. Yeah. How is not going to get that? How is not going to give you that same atmosphere? And this is me playing devil's advocate, of course. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying from a player's perspective. Right. To the, that. The, point, it sounds different. It looks different. It feels different. To that point. That's why I think basketball it's a little bit easier than football because football, yes, I mean you got big ass stadiums, the culture at football, the tailgates. That's just a totally different atmosphere. Yeah, basketball taking planes to games. You know basketball what I'm saying? You're not, one, you're not hiking the twelve hour. It's bus shorter, trips. right? You, football, you're there for three years, so you locked in. Yeah, basketball, you're only there for you know six months typically if you finna do a one and done. Then on top of that, you still have the NCAA tournament. So if you guys are good enough, you'll still have opportunities to play in high-pressure games, yeah. right? As long as you win your conference. Uh, but that's a good point because there are some, like, the Izone in Michigan State where they got all the students lined up around there. You know, Cameron, uh, was it Cameron something? Cameron Jordan Arena? I can't remember the name of Duke's fucking arena, something uh, like that. But yeah. I actually went to that one. I saw that one. I was pretty, it was pretty fucking amazing when you walk into that fucking stadium and you see that shit. Uh, it is going to take a sacrifice, but knowing that it's short term, like I talked about a couple of podcasts, short term, right? You know what you're giving up in the short term because in a year you're going to be in the league anyway. So what? why not go to an HBCU, 
have them have the opportunity of, you know, getting on a national stage, knowing that you can look back at that and say, I, I was the one that helped Howard take those steps forward or Morehouse or Spellman or whoever it may be to 20 years now that they have, the, you know, the top facilities, they have, get, they're getting some of the top athletes and all it took so, me so now, six so, months out of so my so life. So you're saying just basketball athletes should make that sacrifice. So, so if you, even, what if you were just staying right there for now, three yeah. years, even if you, even if you playing basketball? Yeah, I mean, you just so is it not worth it? But now we're getting back to my original point of the one parter is if you're losing money, you're losing money at that point. If you if you can if you can't no, go, if I'm like I want to go get oh, an education. Oh, you just want to get an education and go well, to school. I mean, college has it's reasons why you would go to college. I mean, yeah, of course. I'm going. To, <laughs> I thought we were talking about going the to the top league. people yeah, that are going to the league, the one and done players. Whoa, to, whoa, whoa! Christian McCaffrey stayed an extra year to get his degree. And there are there are there you're are talking elite. about football and football. No, is no, a there's a, there's example. There, my but but my point is, is first of all, college basketball isn't even as popular in terms of recruiting anyway, because there's so many ways to get to the league. Football yes. is a lot more clear. There are top tier athletes that will go to the NBA, NFL, whatever, that still want to go to school. So yes. if you're in that, if you're in that but position, most of them are. Most of them it are. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's two people. That's not the point. The point is, is if I'm a college athlete. I'm going to stay for three or four years or more than six months. It doesn't matter what sport. Is it worthwhile to go to a HBCU? It does matter what sport, though. It, no, no, no. It doesn't matter because if you're staying for a long period of time and next six months, your, your point is, is if I'm staying for six months or a year, sacrifice because it's short term, make your bread. Yes. But if I know I'm going to school for a longer period of time, doesn't matter what sport you play as a prominent five star, four star athlete, will you will have attention because yeah. there are people like that. Is it worthwhile to go to HBCU? I would say no, then. No. No. <laughs> but I also think in a one sport like basketball, it is a little more worthwhile than a sport like football. Because in it's basketball, no, not because it's short term. Same time. Stay for three years. Oh, stay for three years, yeah. Same okay. time. It's just because in basketball, you have certain national game opportunities at an HBCU if you play well, win your conference, make it to the tournament, there's certain things that you can do that route versus HBCU ain't never going to be in the college playoffs. They're never going to have a chance to make a playoff run. Yeah, They're never going to have that opportunity. You have 64 teams that can make it into the NCAA. So maybe one year, you, your senior year, y'all been busting y'all last. Y'all yeah, finally win the conference. Probably. You finally make it in as a 12 seed. You upset a 5 seed in the first round. Maybe you make a little run to you know the, the Sweet 16. That makes it worthwhile, but you'll never have that same experience in football it's at an no HBCU. FBS HBCUs. You know what I'm saying? So you're never gonna have oh, that, yeah, yeah. that, That's, that yeah. high, the highest Damn. level. Now you can win an FCS. You know, you can make it to the FCS tournament. But I'm talking about at the highest level for collegiates for both. The FBS is just on a whole different level. SEC is on a whole different level for football. Big Ten, whole different level than an HBCU, right? But in basketball, you have a little bit more of an opportunity. Because they enter, they mix more. Because basketball is yeah. just it's it's really about it's less about the facilities. Like football, it really comes down to your nutrition plan, your workout plan, the strength coach, yeah. all that shit matters. If niggas can have the choice to eat as many times, eight times a day, yeah, for free, and then you got other people that can't eat that much because the school just can't fund guys to eat like that and work out like that. It's just a totally different, totally different environment. But basketball is a little bit different because those things matter, but not as much as they do in football. That's my point. That's why I said the sport does matter. Sport does matter. It definitely does. I mean, my biggest thing with that is just the dip. Like, there's no in basketball you can interact with being an FCS team 
with uh, Michigan State just because of the uh, March Madness turn. Because you only need the one shot. Yeah, and that's all you need is one shot. The one shot. In in, in football, bro, maybe they'll schedule an exhibition game against. And you're going to lose 6 to 70. Just like when the yeah. fucking but you but yeah, that, that but when they schedule the <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> when Alabama was playing like South Alabama yeah, or bro, you know Alabama A and M I don't know because Appalachian State be beating people ass but <laughs> Appalachian State was they are they're FBS now because they was beating people's yeah. ass yes yeah. but that's the whole the, first of all first of all the goal of an HBCU if we were talking about ideally the goal is is to be Appalachian State yeah. to have a whole bunch of black people who are three four five star recruits come yeah. in. Play for three, four years, and start build beating them, people build. ass, beat Michigan, beat all these teams, and they're like, hmm, think you should go to the Mountain West or some shit. Then move up, FBS, then you could play ball. That's what I'm saying. Long term, there's steps that are in place, but I'm saying short term in the next five years, we can see a, a Howard make it to the Sweet 16. That's crazy. And it's crazy, and it's no way for that to happen in football. You're yeah. just not going to. It's just not going to. It's just not going to happen because there's a lot of other factors that go into the facilities, the management, the training, yeah. the nutrition plan. Well, but that's but that's that's not that's not so much the point because if you get if you got if you got if you went out and somehow they really recruited like a starting squad. Of three, four, five star black people in two years, they would upset a Clemson. If Syracuse did it with the right coaching, that, you talking about football? football? Get the fuck out of here! You talking about? You no. talking about with the right coach? <laughs> hey, that gelato starting to set in. I guess. <laughs> so you, so you, hold on, time out. So you're telling me that there are FCS teams that upset FBS teams yeah. that with elite talent, with Saquon Barkley his sophomore year around other elite talent, that they wouldn't upset a power five fucking. Get the fuck they out of here! You didn't say power five. You said Clemson. <laughs> They so would, top, Clemson top. lost two. Other teams lose. It doesn't matter who it is. Maybe My point is, like is a Rutgers. Fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck out of here, bro. We've seen throughout think, time all these I teams lose, saying, bro. Well, it's like over time. Yes, maybe over a, time. Uh, they can like maybe because Jacksonville State is one of those FCS schools. They can be bro. definitely beat some D one schools. Yeah, they're definitely good enough. And so what? like, and they got some nice facilities too. Yeah. Jacksonville State does. And I'm not. Yeah, I'm not and trying it, to say you know what I'm saying. They're pretty decent. So what I'm saying, I think what we're trying to say is. Over time, if enough athletes do make that sacrifice, yeah. people you build fan bases, people start spending money on the games, and you're able to you know put that money back into the, the resources of building better equipment, getting better coaching staff, getting more coaching staffs, nutrition plans maybe. Yeah. That takes time, you know what I'm saying? And so for football, it definitely will take a lot longer. I think that's what we're all agreeing on within basketball. Yeah. But, yeah, because maybe they do upset one year, maybe a Rutgers or something like that. That's pretty big, you know what I'm saying? And, so and those, you're teams, telling me, and those you, schools get oh a lot of God, money for that bro. game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They get a lot of money for the games. That's usually why they take them on, right? Yeah. And imagine if you, you know, like you say, do good in your conference. You go to, you be, you win your conference championships. If you're getting the right recruitment, of course, right, and enough kids are making those sacrifices, that's something that you can probably see in, like, five to ten years. What you need? What, what you need?